Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Entrepreneurship Mentality Podcast, where we talk about how you can infuse entrepreneurial thinking to both your personal and professional life. As always, I'm your host, Max Coglin, and I'm super excited to be here with you today, as always. And today, we have a super interesting episode that I'm really excited to bring to you. If you've been a longtime listener, then you probably already know, but if you're new, I'm currently pursuing my undergrad business commerce degree at Queen's University. And this year, I took a new business development class, which was super engaging and interesting. And the lessons I've learned in that class is going to be the focus of today's episode. So today, we are going over not only 10 lessons I've learned about new business developments and entrepreneurs, but we're going to take each lesson one step further and really break down to the core what we can learn from these lessons. One of my favorite quotes is from Ted Nicholas, and he says, knowledge without action is like having no knowledge at all. So today... I want to not only share my knowledge, but really break down each lesson and teach you how you can take action to apply these entrepreneurial lessons into your life in a beneficial way. So without further ado, number one is when it comes to entrepreneurship, negative personal circumstances can actually play a powerful role in getting people to become more effective entrepreneurs. I think often when we think of wealthy entrepreneurs, we make the false assumption that they have the easy road, when in reality, a lot of these entrepreneurs actually have faced a lot of hardship. Yes, there will always be outliers, but for some entrepreneurs, challenges create conditions and experiences that motivate entrepreneurs in less than ideal situations to become more disciplined and risk tolerant. One of my favorite entrepreneurs who has defined all the odds and thrived despite some serious life challenges is Dragons and Star Robert Herjavec. Robert immigrated from Croatia to Canada with his family with only $20 and a suitcase. Despite starting from absolutely nothing, Robert worked his way up from the bottom all the way to founding Brack Systems, which he sold to AT&T for over $30 million. I believe as an immigrant, Robert always had his back against the wall, which drove him to work relentlessly to pursue his dreams as failure was just not an option. There's no debating immigrating to a new country was hard, but for Robert, like so many other entrepreneurs, these negative personal circumstances actually pushed Robert to become a more effective entrepreneur and the Dragons and Star that we know today. Taking a look at how you can apply this lesson into your own life is when you're faced with tough obstacles, try not to get down and point the fingers at other, but rather use it as a learning experience and view it as a stepping stone on your path. When you're faced with hardship in your own life, I encourage you to sit down with a pen and paper and ask yourself, what can I learn from this negative personal circumstance? And how can I use this to motivate myself to overcome the next obstacle? In life, things are not always going to go your way. But like Robert, I implore you not to give up but rather use it as motivation to become the best entrepreneur and the best person you can be. The second thing we're going to dive in today has to do with the ever-controversial topic of the relationship between hard work and luck. Last month, I listened to the How I Built This podcast with Guy Raz featuring Dana Trout, where the two discussed the relationship between hard work and luck. If you're unfamiliar with Dana Trout, she's a co-founder of HealthAid Kombucha, a company that generated over $150 million in revenue amidst a pandemic in 2020. However, things weren't always that easy, as when Diana founded the company with her husband Justin and her best friend, she started from nothing and had zero capital. Instead of relying on luck, Dana resorted to hard work as her and her team worked relentlessly by going to farmer's markets every weekend and working at night on weekends, all while having full-time jobs. Yes, Dana had lucky breaks, such as when she got a $2 million investment from First Beverage, but the point is, is without the hard work, she wouldn't have ever been in a position to receive that capital in the first place. 
I think the lesson we can all learn from Health Aid Kombucha is nothing beats hard work and often new ventures and entrepreneurs need to put in hard work to create their own opportunities. Yes, luck does play a factor, but those who often succeed are the ones who create their own luck through hard work and perseverance. As you guys all know, I'm a huge basketball fan, and if you're a Raptors fan, you surely remember Kawhi's buzzer beer shot during the team's crazy championship run. A lot of people say it was a supposed lucky shot, but the point is, is without Kawhi putting in hours of work at the gym, he wouldn't have even had the opportunity to hit what some call a lucky shot. Whether you're an entrepreneur or a working professional, challenge yourself to do a little more every day and go the extra mile. No, you know what? The results might not show up immediately. But by putting in hard work, you'll better position yourself to capitalize on opportunities when they do come, which they will. On to lesson three, which is if you want to thrive in both your personal and professional life, it's critical you surround yourself with the right supportive network. In the How I Built This podcast with Guy Raz, featuring Pokemon, who is one of the world's most famous female Twitch streamers who has made millions playing video games, was asked how she dealt with inappropriate comments, hate speech, and sexual harassment online. Along with not reading too many, co- too many comments, Pokemon attributed her success, her success as a streamer and as an entrepreneur to having a strong female streamer community around her that she can rely on. So the reason I bring this up is we're all social beings, and although you might not be a streamer like Pokemon, the lesson that you need to surround yourself with like-minded supportive people is applicable regardless of your profession. Walking through life alone is no way to live, and although it's important to be resilient, which I'll touch on a little bit later, it's critical you also have supportive people in your inner circle as well. Hopefully you have a tight family unit and friends, but from an entrepreneurial point of view, here are a few actionable things you can do to surround yourself with the right people. Firstly, regardless of the depression you're in, challenge yourself to find people who are on the same path as you, whether that be joining Facebook groups, attending conferences, joining a club, or just getting involved in the community. You'd be surprised at how many opportunities you have to meet like-minded, supportive people. Forming a network, even if it's just a small one, is invaluable, as when you're going through a tough time or just want to bounce some ideas off someone, you'll have people that will support you and help get you back on your feet. Dana Trout, the co-founder of Health Aid Kombucha, who I just touched on a second ago, actually got her business idea from an entrepreneurial club, putting into perspective how valuable being surrounded by a like-minded group of people can be. Fourth lesson today, and this is one that really surprised me and changed my perspective, and that is sometimes a founder's love for their company can actually prevent growth and lead to bad decisions. So let me explain why this is. So when it comes to creating startups, often founders convince that them and only them are capable of leading their new venture to success. And as a result, founders are often hesitant to give up large stakes of equity in exchange for capital to grow their company. We've all witnessed entrepreneurs on Shark Tank say no to huge deals from the sharks, fretting over giving up too much equity. In some cases, this might be the right decision, but sometimes the founder's love for their startup actually hinders their ability to make rational decisions to help the company grow. Even worse, sometimes a founder's love for their baby leads them to exaggerate their businesses and financials to entice investors, which can be detrimental, as if investors are misled, they don't get an accurate depiction of the facts and the business model, and as a result, may miscalculate where funds should be allocated and the best strategy moving forward. Taking a look how you can infuse this type of entrepreneurial thinking into your own life, even if you don't have a startup, we're all susceptible to letting our love of something or someone crowd our judgment leading to bad decisions. In our personal lives, perhaps you're so infatuated with a new car that you go unnecessarily into debt when your old vehicle was just fine. 
Maybe your relationship has turned sour. Instead of moving on, you reminisce about old times and decided to drudge along in a toxic relationship. Wherever, whatever it may be, there certainly had been a time, myself included, where emotions have led us to make bad decisions. To combat this and take control in both your personal and your professional life, it's essentially you take a step back and evaluate the situation objectively. Yeah, that may be easier said than done, but developing the self-awareness to notice when your emotions are getting the best of you allows you to take a step back, pause, take a deep breath, and then you can reassess the situation, leading to more rational and optimal decisions, which will lead you to a healthier and a happier life. The next lesson I'm going to talk about today is when it comes to entrepreneurship and new ventures is that early success doesn't guarantee future success, and it actually opens the door for failure. In my new business development class, I watched a startup grind discussion by Eventbrite. In the video, Julia Hartz, who's the co-founder of Eventbrite, mentioned that often when new ventures have early success, they can get stuck with too many opportunities that distract them. When I took some time to reflect on this, I realized Julie was really making a strong point that we should all pay attention to. As when you have initial success, you'll be given more opportunities, and statistically speaking, with more opportunities, you also have a greater chance of failing, or at the very least, choosing not the most optional, optimal outcome. I'm not implying early success is a bad thing, it's obviously not, but often initial success can cloud entrepreneurs' judgment, causing them to lose focus and make bad decisions. In the business world, you see this all the time, where companies have initial success and decide to rapidly expand operations as they are confident they will continue to win, only to fall flat. For example, Target is a multi-billion dollar corporation that's dominated the US market, and they thought they could do the same in Canada, but ultimately failed as their initial success clouded their judgment and prevented them from doing the necessary research into the Canadian market. The reality is, you're never too big to fail. Looking at how you can apply this in your own life, it's important that whether in your personal or professional life, you don't let initial success cloud your judgment. If you yourself have started a new venture and things are going well, don't take your foot off the pedal and let a million other opportunities distract you from your original business strategy and business model. In a relationship, if you're dating someone or married and things are going well, that's fantastic. But at the same time, it's important you don't become too complacent and instead identify areas in which you can improve, which will in turn make your relationship or your marriage stronger. On to lesson six of this week's podcast. This is something I'm super excited to share with you because this lesson is paramount to success for each and every single one of you listening right now. And yes, I'm talking directly to you. Regardless of your profession, if you want to succeed, you need to be resilient. Nowadays, I think the word resilience gets thrown around a lot. So what I mean by resilience is essentially your ability to bounce back from difficulties and persevere with a positive mindset. Recently, I read an interesting article titled What COVID-19 Reveals About Your Leadership as a CEO, and I found it interesting that the CEOs who were best positioned for success were the strategy-focused CEO group. So now you're probably wondering, well, what did the strategy-focused CEO group do to make themselves, employees, and their business more resilient? Well, let me tell you. The strategy-focused CEO group was six times more likely to use the words action and opportunity and 13 times 13 times more likely to use positive future-facing words. What this tells us is these CEOs aren't only taking the right actions, but are using a positive mindset to remain optimistic and resilient amidst uncertainty and improving morale by relaying that message of resilience to the rest of their team. In the midst of a pandemic, it can be difficult to remain optimistic. 
But if you truly want to infuse entrepreneurial thinking into your personal life, you need to encompass the lessons the strategy-focused CEOs have taught us. So in action, what does this look like? Firstly, whether at home or at work, it's critical you avoid phrases such as I can't or I could and replace them with I am. Saying phrases like I can lose weight or I could get a promotion don't serve you and they don't really actively address the situation in any manner. Instead, when you say phrases such as I am confident, I am going to make six figures next year, I am going to double my new, rev- my new ventures revenues this year, what you do is you put yourself in control of your own life and you'll work to make it happen. This also builds resilience, as when obstacles come your way, you won't give up, but you'll rather view these challenges as a stepping stone on your path that you'll overcome. The late Henry Ford once said one of my favorite quotes, which is whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. And I couldn't agree more, as if you want to achieve something, you need to use these forward-pacing words to ensure you develop the right belief system needed to build the resilience and ensure you win, both as an entrepreneur and as a person. For number seven, we're going to dive into how venture capital industry is changing. Now, for some new ventures, venture capitaling can actually sometimes be a curse and not a blessing. This semester, I read an interesting piece from the New York, from the New York Times titled, Most Startups Have an Unfamiliar Message for Venture Capitalists, Get Lost. I think often when entrepreneurs think of VC funding, they envision their startup thriving off VC funds similar to companies like Uber, Facebook, and Google. However, the article mentioned, and what many people don't consider, is how there are countless examples of stories we didn't hear about VC funding actually being detrimental for startups. When it comes to venture capital investors, it's important not to lose sight of the fact that their main objective is to maximize return, which often involves scaling quickly. However, entrepreneurs come in all different shapes and sizes, and if the founder's values, goals, and vision for the company aren't aligned with VC funds, then receiving capital may actually hurt the company. This is why it's important for entrepreneurs and new ventures to do their due diligence on potential VC funds to ensure they're on the same path and share the same vision of the firm's trajectory. With this in mind, I think the lesson that we can all really take away and learn here is that in both your personal and professional life, you should strive to interact with like-minded people that share your values. And in the business world, it's important you do your due diligence before you decide to work with someone. To add some context here, if you're running a business and decide to work with a certain supplier because they offer you the cheapest rates, it's critical you first do your own due diligence on that company. So what does that look like? That means looking at their track record, reliability, talking to others who have worked in the past to kind of get an insight as to whether the partnership is right. If it's a great fit, that's fantastic. But similar to how every entrepreneur needs to do their due diligence on their investors, it's critical you look into who you're working with to avoid any potential headaches before they arise and overall get the best fit for you and your company. At number eight, in class we learned about social media growth strategies for influencers. And if you want to be a YouTube star or just want to produce better content as an entrepreneur, I have two words for you. Be authentic, be authentic, and be authentic. The reality is in a world with so many people and businesses following trends, The key to standing out and growing your following is actually original, authentic content. In life and in business, people value authenticity. And when it comes to being an influencer, you're still engaging with people. The only thing that's different is the online medium in which you communicate. 
During the semester, I watched Social Media Influencers, How They Make Money by CBC News. The video starred the Beckerman twins, whose content is centered around flashing and vlogging. And although this might appeal to a wide demographic, they both contributed some of their success to being original. Yes, others might make similar content, but what makes the Beckermans stand out is their approach to where their content as they're always authentic, which enables them to grow. Mark Swires, who also runs a YouTube office, echoed the same sentiment, saying the number one thing he teaches his YouTube stars is to be authentic. So with a better understanding of how authenticity is key to growing your following, I want to break down some actionable steps of how you can be more authentic in both your personal and your professional life. Firstly, if you're running a business and you're trying to grow your following, don't simply copy what your competitors are doing. That's not to say you can't incorporate some of their ideas, but if you do, it's important you deliver it in an authentic and original way. Your customers are people too, and if they sense you're being unoriginal or just following trends, they might just decide to take their business elsewhere. In your personal life, it's important you don't forget the people in your life love you for who you are. Let me say that again. The people in your life love you for who you are, not who you pretend to be. With this in mind, I challenge you to always be true to yourself and don't pretend to be someone you're not. Remember, in the business world and at home, authenticity wins every single time. On to lesson nine, whether it be as an entrepreneur trying to grow their business or an influencer aiming to grow their followers, a lesson I've learned this semester is when it comes to infusing entrepreneurial thinking into your life and you want to grow your content, you need to be consistent and utilize cross-promotion. This semester, I watched an interesting video called, I Learned How to Be an Influencer That Makes Over 300K by Refinery29, starring social media star Courtney Quinn. In the video, Courtney emphasizes that when it comes to being an influencer, it may be tempting to try new types of content. And although it's okay to change things up every once in a while so you remain authentic, if you want to grow, you need to stay true to your roots. After all, influencers gain followers by appealing to people who enjoy a certain type of content. And as a result, it's critical that you focus on being consistent with the type of content you produce as it's what their followers expect. On top of being consistent, it's essential for influencers and entrepreneurs to utilize cross-promotion to grow their businesses and brand. It's not uncommon that once influencers gain a certain number of followers, their growth rate slows. To combat this, its key entrepreneurs are constantly looking for new partnership opportunities to gain market awareness and for influencers to be seeking cross-promotional opportunities with other influencers to grow both of their brands. To put this lesson into action, if you're ever trying to start your own new venture, take time to see what type of influencers align with your business and if there are any cross-promotional opportunities with other brands that could be advantageous for both parties. Regarding consistency, there's no denying consistency plays a huge role in nearly every aspect of our lives and can help you thrive outside of entrepreneurship. If you want to be a better mom or dad, challenge yourself to consistently show for your kids, which will help build stability and a more loving relationship. Depending on your situation, perhaps being consistent is showing up every night for family dinner, or maybe it's going to every one of your girls' soccer games. Whatever the case may be, if you want to have a successful career or have your family take off and blossom, focusing on being consistent in all aspects of your life is a great place to start. And last but not least, moving on to lesson 10, so the next lesson I've learned is when it comes to entrepreneurial thinking is that best entrepreneurs prioritize and are expert planners in advance. During the semester, we learned about digital nomads who work remotely all around the world. 
And amidst a global pandemic, these digital nomads are on the rise. In an article by Matthew Kemp's titled How to Start and Run a Seven-Figure Business While Traveling the World by Entrepreneur, Matthew touched on some of the challenges he's faced as a travel writer, whether it be struggling to find Wi-Fi, balancing a hectic schedule, or hiring staff, digital nomads face a lot of unique challenges. However, the best way to overcome these obstacles, as Matthew and many of the most successful digital nomads would attest to, is to be a detailed planner. Even if you're someone who works at an office, infusing the entrepreneurial mentality of planning in advance is an important lesson nonetheless. Doing so will enable you to prevent obstacles that stall progress from arising in both your personal and professional life. Granted, there will always be unforeseen challenges that may come your way, but by focusing on planning, you can actually plan for the unexpected so you don't get thrown under the bus. Now, taking a look at how you can apply the lesson of emphasizing planning your own life, you need to start by being proactive. If you're planning on starting a new venture, before you even begin, I challenge you to sit down with a pen and paper and write your, down your business plan, goals, strategies, how you will overcome obstacles, and so on. Now, if you think about being over the top and planning isn't really all that's important and that you can kind of just manage as you go along, I'm about to tell you something that is going to blow your mind. A Harvard business study found that 3% of graduates from their MBA who had their plans and goals written down ended earning up 10 times as much as the other 97% put together only 10 years after graduation. In case you missed that, I'll say it again. The 3% of Harvard graduates who were intentional about planning and wrote their goals down earned 10 times, 10 times, that's not a typo, 10 times, my friends, more than the other 97% combined. So I'm just going to go out on a limb here and say whether you're a digital nomad or not, intentional planning just might be a good idea. All right, so that's what I have for you for today's episode. If you love this episode and want to continue to help me grow, the best thing you can do is subscribe and share this video with someone you love and care about so they can learn a bit about more about what it takes to be a successful entrepreneur and to infuse entrepreneurial thinking into their own life. I appreciate you listening in, and I'll end this episode how I end every episode. Make it your mission to make someone else's day better, and I hope you have an amazing day.